Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. Today on the Ether, DeFi 101, Episode 4 on Interchain Security and Consumer Chains with Neutron. Hosted, of course, by Cosmos Joe. Let's take a listen. Hello, everybody. Um, we're just waiting for uh, Spade, who is under the, the Neutron account. He's uh, just grabbing a quick coffee. And Joe is getting himself sorted out, and we'll uh, we'll be with you pretty soon. I'm here. Hi, folks. That was quick. Hey, early start for you today. I'm good. Huh? Early start for you? Yeah, I guess yes. Um, that's that's why the the coffee, the you know, the morning fuel was important. Yeah. I mean, a bit I of a weird. That already, so we're all good. Okay, good. I'm, I was going to say I'm in a bit of a weird place. It's like 3 a.m. here, so I've had like two hours sleep and uh, just oh, w- w- woken up and brushed my teeth. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, though. It's all right. Oh, the dedication. Got to be done, right? Got to uh, link the Bangkok and the New York people. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the bridge. I think Eastern... Eastern Standard Time is actually the least convenient for crypto for for most people. I have so much trouble setting up even like fifteen minute meetings because of my time zone. Yeah, when you make it like Spade, like everyone moves out to uh, Southeast Asia, it's just a better life, and that that makes it difficult for all you New York guys. Oh yeah, but it's pretty nice out there, so I can't blame them. I lived there for. I lived in Asia for like two and a half, two and a half years, and I was in Southeast Asia for some of that time. It was pretty nice. Can't complain. I didn't know that. Was that like um, nice. fact, whereabouts? I uh, I was a teacher in in South Korea in Vietnam, but I visited a lot of places around. I did like a, you know, my tour through, you know, Philippines, Cambodia, Thailand. Uh, Hong, you know, Hong Kong, Macau, Singapore. I I visited. It was it was just a great, great time, and it's like it was so easy to travel through there. Awesome, yeah, that that's impressive. Yeah, it, it was fun, man. I I loved it, and uh, I w- I was teaching in South Korea, so I had some money saved up. I was able to, you know, when I departed, I was able to spend a few months just doing some travels, and it's nice to like go somewhere and feel like you actually live there instead of just being on like a short like three four five day vacation it was great yeah definitely i also like i also feel like you tend to enjoy it more slash differently when you stay longer because you have the time to actually develop like yeah as, as you as you said like feel like your home that you know the place that you know how to go about it and stuff and go deeper um in in your exploration and i enjoyed that way more than just you know going to a new place grabbing a quick photo posting it on insta and then moving to the next one i guess oh yeah you know you're right you're right um 
anyway, let me, I'll introduce this and we'll get going. Uh, but yeah, DeFi 101, this is the fourth one of these that I've been doing. They've been great, getting a lot of good feedback on them. Um, and I'm going to try to do these regularly. My goal is to do, my goal is to do uh, 40 of these throughout 2023. And again, this is the fourth one, so not bad. If you're listening to this on the replay, this is uh, Cosmos DeFi. That's my Twitter handle, Cosmos Joe. And each time we do these, we have a topic. Today, I've got Neutron and Soy. And Neutron is going to be a consumer chain for the Cosmos Hub. So the topic that we'll be focused on, at least in the beginning, is uh, interchain security. And then we'll move on to specifics about Neutron once we get that background info under our belts. Uh, if you guys don't already know, I'm a teacher, so I, I like doing these educational spaces, but generally I'm the one learning. So it's kind of like I'm learning and you guys have to listen to it, but hopefully you guys get something out of it like I do. Uh, we could definitely allocate time at the end for questions so we can give out mic mics, you know, I don't know, usually it's like 30 minutes in, we're pretty much done with the chat and then people usually have some interesting questions. And uh, yeah, I like doing this. This is fun. I'm glad Soy is going to co-host with me. I don't know that much about Neutron, but I did notice that, you know, unlike lots of other crypto projects, you have a, a nice little website. It's easy to do some quick research. You guys have a little uh, frequently asked questions section. So I learned that Neutron is or will be a, a DeFi-focused blockchain that will be part of Cosmos's ICS. Yeah, yep. that's uh, a pretty good summary. I'm glad that you enjoyed the website as well. Um, we're actually... I'm a sucker for a, I'm a sucker for a good website. I got to tell you. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, um, that's kind of like just the start of things with the website. Like all that kind of stuff is uh, is being revamped at the moment. Um, so like the website and then like the sort of the governance interface for everybody and stuff like that. We're we're doing some work on that at the moment, getting it ready for for launch. Um, but yeah, it was a, a good little summary. So basically. Um, as you say, Neutron is going to be the the first consumer chain of of interchange security. Uh, we are a DeFi focused uh, smart contract platform, um, and because of our uh, being secured by the Cosmos Hub, we'll be the the most secure smart contract platform in in the Cosmos. Um, I think um, kind of recognize a lot of the faces in the crowd um, from just generally chit chatting on Spaces with you guys. Um, so it's nice to see everybody here. Um, I do work for Neutron. I'm the community manager for Neutron. Uh, and on the Neutron account tonight is, is my boss, Spade. Um, and he'll give you a little introduction to himself, I think. Hey, folks. Thanks for the uh, the quick intro. Sorry. Um, I'm Avril. I'm general manager at Neutron. Um, I got into crypto, I think, in my high school cafeteria um, when I bought my first Bitcoin. I, I think that that's where it was. Um, since then, I've been kind of like getting more and more uh, active in the space, especially DeFi summer. I basically um, started having a second full-time job, um, which was like investigating what the heck this industry was. Um, did that for a couple of years, contributed to a bunch of protocols, which led me to um, work in a few of them. Um, so at PHP and Lido. And, you know, since, um, since Neutron is a thing, I've been leading this and it's been a very interesting journey. Um, I think Neutron is a very, very exciting project um, for you know numerous reasons that I'm sure we'll dive deeper into today. But um, I, I think one that I particularly like is that 
Um, one of the features that hasn't been kind of uh, mentioned too much so far is how, how Neutron focus on cross-chain interoperability. And what's interesting about this is that it actually flips um, the script of most small contract platform on its head. Um, if you look at the industry, usually, you know, to be a really attractive small contract platform, you need a bunch of protocols that are exclusive to your platform that only exist there um, to drive like interest and, and specificity to your platform, right? But because we focus on making these projects interoperable with any other uh, platform that's connected via IVC, um, we can actually empower these applications to be successful not only on Neutron, but also on other platforms. So we take a much more ecosystem-oriented approach than a, a small contract platform usually would, I guess. Um, and that's something I really like about you know, how we design this project um, and, and how we'll grow it as a community over time. Cool. Yeah, I definitely want to get into what Neutron's going to bring to the table and what that means for, let's say, like the casual Atom holder, you know, why they should turn their attention over there. But can we start with just ICS in general? I know they don't like to call it interchange security, right? They're calling it replicated security. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I, I think the change is the change of like nomenclature is just to represent the fact that. Um, ICS, replicated security, is a type of technology in the family of shared security. Um, there are numerous models of shared security. Another one that is um, fairly well known, but in development in Cosmos, is mesh security. Um, what you know sets uh, interesting security apart as a technology is that it's able to replicate the entire proof of stake security of a blockchain. So it has trade-offs. Obviously, um, like the fact that you know you don't choose the validator set, you inherit it from the provider chain, but you also inherit the full economic security, and so that that makes it very attractive as um, either a launch pad in some circumstances to bootstrap the security of a platform, and or um, as a way to ensure that the underlying security of the platform is not going to be a bottleneck for whatever is built on top of it. Um, there are types of protocols, especially, um, well, DeFi protocols, which um, are successful and are TVL intensive. So like money markets, DEXs, liquid staking and others um, that, you know, as they scale, amass a lot of money, um, a lot of value um, in, in, in their protocols. And these, this value needs to be um, secure technically, like the code needs to be well made, it needs to be um, well audited follow best practices and stuff. Um, but it also needs to have um, game theoretical perspective in the sense that the platform is secure enough that um, there's um, there is enough cost to capturing the platform so that it doesn't incentivize you to actually try and do that to capture the value that, that's in those, those protocols. So like the way that I understand it is the advantage to replicated security for a brand new chain that's launching is that the total value on that chain is going to be much, much, much less than the market cap of the chain that's providing the security. And that's where the security advantage comes from. Is that is that a basic way to explain it? At least initially. Um, I think, you know, in the case of Neutron and other projects, the, the intention is very much for the TBL to um, eventually grow way beyond um, the, the current market cap of the hub. Um, and hopefully that brings the market cap of the hub way higher as well. Um, but 
so th that's the first thing. The, the other thing is that absolute security also matters. So there's relative security, meaning, um, you know, how much, um, how much it would cost to capture the blockchain relative to the cost of what's being secured. And you want to have more economic security than you have TVL, but that, at, at scale, that's not necessarily always possible. Um, if you look at Ethereum right now, there's actually way more value on Ethereum in TVL than there is staked ETH, like staked ETH value, right? But that's fine because the value of that staked ETH is so large that in any case, it's already very, very, very hard to attack Ethereum. Um, so that's that would be like relative value. So what we want is we want to have very, like we want to have um, security, like a proof of stake security, economic security that's higher than TVL as much as possible. Um, but we also want it to be high just, you know, in absolute terms, because even if the TBL guys can continues to skyrocket past that threshold, it's um, it's still going to make it way more difficult to actually attack and capture that chain. OK, and like you said, at the onset, that's the advantage to using the hubs validator set and the hubs market cap provides economic security. But eventually the goal will be to outgrow the the fit for this model and it's possible for a consumer chain to then have their own validator set become their own sovereign chain so two things yes it's you know um intrusion security replicate security is an agreement between the hub and a consumer chain um, if the hub isn't happy with this agreement anymore, it can make a proposal to signal that it's not happy with this um, agreement anymore, maybe triggering um, negotiations or maybe triggering um, kind of like a gentle exit process at the end of which there's um, there should be another proposal to offboard that chain. And the same is true for the consumer chains. If the consumer chains want to graduate to their own chains or rollups or whatever other technological that they want, technological stack that they want, they could also have a similar process where they signal this intention first um, so that you know the separation can be made um, gracefully and eventually off board from from the from the cosmos hubs um, security provision um, now scale like you know for the chain and its ecosystem to become um, bigger than like the, for, for the TBL on that chain to become bigger on than the cosmos hubs market cap doesn't necessarily mean that you then need to afford basically. Um, first, you know the the bigger, the more successful the consumer chains on the hub um, are, the more valuable um, Adam is likely to be as a as a as, as a response. Especially since um, you know Adam derives some degree of revenue from these consumer chains, and that participates to the financial evaluation of the value of Adam. Um, but also because beyond security, there are other benefits to being um, you know part of interesting security. Um, some of these include the, you know, the association with the blockchain that started Cosmos, um, you know, the positioning at the very center of the um, of the ecosystem, um, the kind of like deep ecosystem and, 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 and interest alignment with Cosmos Hub and the Cos like the Cosmos ecosystem in general um, and, you know, and, and, and other benefits. And so, like, I, I think it's it's completely possible that a chain would be tremendously successful um, and and have way more TVL than the current market cap of the Cosmos Hub, um, but still, you know, decide to remain on 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 interest in security indefinitely. I think that's more of a factor of um, basically the relationship with the hub. Like interest in security assumes um, sort of agreement between these two chains, and I think that's that's the most important factor about the, this whole thing. Like the 
communities need to be somewhat aligned, the interests of the projects need to be somewhat aligned, and the the economic agreement um, as well needs to 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 be doable for both basically. And as projects evolve, that that may have to to evolve over time. So there's a bit of um, there's a bit of like social coordination involved in this technology as well. And I think that's kind of like a, an important element that we'll be learning a lot about as this technology, you know, comes into production, more and more consumer chains um, exist and um, and we go through the motions kind of like with, t- together, basically. All right. Um, I guess I have a question for Soy. What got you interested in Neutron specifically? Because I know you kind of span a lot of the uh, Cosmos. What was it about Neutron that got your attention? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, span a lot of the cosmos. Okay. Um, what got me interested in Newton? Well, I mean, basically, I got chatting to uh, to Spade um, because he, he just posted a, a tweet um, saying that Neutron were looking to hire, um, and um, I was just sort of like interested in getting into 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 the crypto. Really, like my my background's in traditional finance. Um, through all kinds of various different events during COVID and stuff like that, I'd, I'd end up not being in, in traditional finance, um, got into mining and all that kind of stuff, just became sort of generally interested in, in crypto. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, like I just saw this tweet one day, responded to it, and we, we got chatting about various different things. Um, I made a, a couple of articles, like um, you might see on, on my Twitter profile, there's a, I think the pinned tweet is this... Um, this sort of thread that I did about like how decentralized is the cosmos really uh, and did some sort of analysis on that. And I guess I, just, I was just sort of fairly proactive in, um, you know, letting, letting Spade know that, you know, I was interested in a job and we talked and had a couple of, a couple of interviews and ended up finding a role for me. Like initially it was, I was supposed to be going working for Lido um, and I think uh, Neutron's needs were, were sort of more pressing. So uh, I was invited to, to come work for, for Neutron and, and yeah, it was like something I'm I'm very interested in and a good opportunity to learn. And like, there's a really great team, great devs. Uh, Spade's a good guy, and um, and so yeah, I learn a lot all the time. And and just uh, so that's sort of how I kind of fell into it, really. Oh, well, that's a good story, man. And there is definitely some value to uh, you know you're following different projects on Twitter, and rather than just always engaging with the same people you're looking for opportunities like that and i think uh you're not the first person that i've heard that just kind of took a shot at uh you know committing to a project you know just because of something they saw either on twitter or, or telegram it's a, i mean it's the, the thing is like i you know i was obviously well aware of neutron like, as you say like i've been a, in in the cosmos for a long time um and i think that that did stand me in good stead to sort of get the position um i had a lot of inter- lot of uh, experience in like sort of the governance side of things the the drama side of things in cosmos um and so i i, I like to think that i bring a bit of that sort of experience to the table um but you know i i, I was well aware of neutron very excited by the whole prospect of interchange security and always been a, a bit of an atom fanboy as as rama in the crowd will will tell you um and so yeah it was like um you know, it was it was a, a real good opportunity to get close to and um, you know get really involved with with the cosmos and the hub and a neutron was an exciting project and so yeah, like I jumped at the chance. Cool. No, it's it's good. It's good to have someone who, especially with some finance background as well, involved in in, in the ecosystem. So you're definitely uh, 
it's it's definitely good to hear that. Um, all right. I think I have a question that probably every single person here wants me to ask, so I'll just ask it right away. Uh, will there be a neutron token? And wh- how will that be different in terms of distributing it, airdropping it, compared to a token that would be part of a sovereign tra- chain that has its own validator set? Okay, so I mean, like, yeah, I, I can confirm that there will be a neutron token. Um, the extent to which we can talk about it, is, I'm not 100% sure, so I'd probably better hand that one over to Spade. Sure. Yeah, I think, so actually, the second part of your question is is a great segue into that topic generally, but basically, um, it's difficult to, like, tell you exactly what will happen, because to some extent, we, well, to a large extent, we actually don't decide this. What we do as a team is we are developing a lot of software that people can pick up and start running, right? So there will be a proposal to launch Neutron, and you know we will have developed everything that we think um, is important to include in that software and to start running it as a well-rounded project. But you know, technically, when we make that proposal, even if um, you know the community decides to run it, um, the validators are actually free to pick and choose from the code and you know make any. Um, changes that they want, and then start running it. And if the validators actually coordinate on the changes that they that they they want to make, um, they they can actually make changes to to the chain before it's live. So it's not like we have full control over this. Basically, what we do is we develop the the code. The code that we developed um, does support having a token. Um, technically, it could be launched without one, um, but it it does support one, and we've built. Um, a lot of things around the that that token, so like governance and and, and other functions, and so I would say that most likely yes, um, Neutron will have a token which would be called NTRN. I think that's uh, that's the name that the community kind of like supported, like um, gave the most su- support around. It's kind of like straightforward, which is a good property for for an, for a name and a and a tick and a ticker, I guess. Um, so there would be a token. It would be used for governance, for fees, and for a bunch of other stuff. Um, one of the one of the kind of like interesting questions that we had to solve while developing this software was, um, you know, traditionally Cosmos chains use the XGov module in order to be able to facilitate on-chain um, decision making. In the context of internet security, that module um, doesn't work, at least in in its you know traditional version, because you don't have the staking module. All of that is replaced by the CCV module, which is what is being used for um, replicated security. And so we had a choice. Basically, we could re-implement it with a sort of delegation mechanism where you don't have validators; you just have like protocol delegators, and people can stake with them, and 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 you essentially replicate the usual. Uh, Cosmos governance process. Um, in our case, we decided to take a different route. Um, so what we did is we used the admin module, which allows um, us to set an address as the admin for the network, and that admin has the uh, you know the, the the power to change network parameters. And we didn't set that admin to you know a normal account like my account or anything. What we did is we set it to the core module of a Dauda implementation. So we took a lot of the the great work that uh, Dada has been doing. We implemented it as the Neutron DAO. Basically, we made a few 
new modules that that we threw in, into the mix to 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 you know to best suit the the needs of the server of the network. And what that allows us to do is to have um, a very flexible, modular, and robust small contract based governance system for Neutron that has a few. Uh, bells and whistles compared to the traditional gov module. First, it's um, way more flexible. So if we want to enable, you know, quadratic voting or um, other types of voting mechanisms in the future, it will be very easy to do so uh, via governance itself. Um, but we also have the ability to have, for example, voting vaults. Uh, what we call voting vaults is a small contract that allows you to calculate voting power based on not just pure NTRN that you bond into a small contract and you know that that gives you one point of voting power per um, per token staked, but also from other derivatives of NTRN. So for example, if you're a liquidity provider on Neutron, um, traditionally, well, if you're a liquidity provider uh, for, for a native asset, traditionally, you would have to choose between, you know, participating in DeFi or participating in governance. With voting votes, we can actually um, resolve this, um, this fragmentation, this fact that you need to have a choice by basically enabling you to provide liquidity for the asset and then use your LP tokens and stake that into the voting vault instead. And what that does is that it gives you the voting power while enabling you to you know, provide the liquidity and earn the potential rewards and incentives and, and whatever else comes with the pool. Um, yeah, you know, I, think that solves, I think that solves a, a problem, you know, because the, the incentives are not always aligned to participating governance especially if you want to be an LP, you know, you want to be an LPer because the APRs are higher, even if it's temporary than the staking rewards. Now you're not participating in governance if you're an LPer on most chains, but then a lot of the governance decisions will directly affect you. So I think this is exactly. a nice, uh, this is a nice tweak to how governance is, has been done. So I think that, I think that's interesting. And, and does being a consumer chain specifically, allow you to be this flexible or and i'm not just talking about the the vaults but you know the, the fact that you're modifying the governance a little bit overall is being a consumer chain allowing you to do this or can any cosmos sdk chain do something like this if they wanted to well i mean you know sky is the limit all of what we've built and all of what anyone's built in this ecosystem could be re-implemented as cosmos like as long as you can you know, code it as like with a programming language and make it work, uh, you can probably build it with the Cosmos SDK. It would just be tremendously more painful and take longer and be more costly to develop and audit to do so um, on the Cosmos SDK level. I think for us, interchain security basically provided um, a reason and an opportunity to, to innovate on this field. Um, it also provided an economic model and context in which that makes a lot of sense because, you know, our um, like our proof of stake security, the 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 proof of stake mechanism that keeps Neutron secure is actually um, distributed between the Cosmos Hub and Neutron, and so the NTRN token doesn't have to um, fulfill the requirements of uh, ensuring the security of the platform. That's already done by Atom, and so we can focus entirely on the kind of like the second mission of a token, which is usually to enable decentralized governance making for the project and um, and to basically try and set up an incentives system that grows the economy and the activity of the platform um, over time. And so because we were able to you know, laser focus on this, because we didn't have to re-implement staking, 
And because we used small contracts rather than the SDK to build a lot of these things, we were able to to be way more flexible um, and to you know very like to optimize for fewer purposes and therefore go farther into these um, these um, optimizations. I guess. Cool. Well, this is interesting. Um, I, I don't think I've ever gotten this deep into uh, a chain that hasn't even launched yet. So this is really cool to hear how how much thought goes into the. Uh, <laughs> You know the, the the customization and 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 the launch. Um, what what will be the first protocol that people will be able to actually use on on Neutron? Are you able to share that? Well, so um, there, there have been um, there have been kind of like Dex's detectives uh, making fairly strong <laughs> like um, cases for Astroport to be the the, the first protocol. Um, that being said, you know Astroport is. Uh, governed by its token, and so it does require like basically most tokens, like most uh, protocols that we could announce, all like will need to confirm these decisions with their um, governance, right? Um, that being said, if you look at our testnet and smart contracts deploy on top of it, you you would have a few a, an idea of a few of the first protocols to to launch on it. Um, but yeah, there there will be a pretty solid dex on Neutron at launch that will facilitate um, and like the initial launch event basically um and yeah yeah i mean like as as you were saying there we, we have um like what's called an evergreen test net running at the moment like a permanent thing similar to the kind of thing that, that gino has running like just running all the time um and sort of dApps that are potentially going to launch on neutron are starting to launch on our test net and so yeah some uh eagle-eyed detectives have spotted that there is um an astroport uh, deployment on our testament test net in the moment uh so read into that what you will okay an astral port is is a dex on on luna and they would have to vote you're saying that they're controlled by their own governance that that particular application so yeah currently um astroport is a dex on um terra as well as uh injective i think uh, they will be deploying on other platforms that that you know that that's part of what i was um, mentioning at the uh, onset of this episode about uh, neutron doesn't like doesn't need the exclusivity and currently yes the um, the governance is handled on um on terra that's where the token was initially emitted that's where the governance infrastructure is um yeah cool. so there would cool. there would need to be a vote and yeah let's just say that that may change in the future hopefully all right all right, cool. Um, and this will not be an application-specific blockchain. Um, no, no, no. Neutron is a is a small contract platform, so it's um, a place where pe other people can, well, anyone can come and build applications. It's permissionless, meaning that we have neither the means nor the intention of preventing anyone from building anything that they can encode in small contracts. Um, what you know, our our mission, what we've been doing, is try to build software that makes it as easy as possible to not only build um, secure and and successful DeFi applications, but um, do so in a way where these DeFi applications can then scale to the entire um, interchain ecosystem and provide their services to numerous like blockchains and communities and the likes. And in the process, hopefully um, resolve the fragmentation of liquidity and user experience that that you know currently exists in Cosmos, despite all despite all of the great work that has been done on um, on IBC and the related technology, basically. 
cool, cool. Um, I've only got really one more question. And then people, if you want to come up, just feel free to request the mic. We could hand it over and you could ask anything that you have specifically for Neutron or anything about interchange security. I guess my last question is, it's hard for me to imagine what governance is going to look like when you're, you don't have your own validator set. And I know you did talk about, uh, you know, how you, you do have pretty, I would say, uh, I would say customized governance. What are some of the things that would be voted on and how would that look for, from the, you know, the user's point of view, I guess it's what I'm trying to imagine. Yeah, that, that's honestly a really, really good question. And I think it's on us as well to, um, to in the near future, put out a lot of content kind of like describing the governance architecture, um, how it will work in practice, how people can use it. Um, because whilst, you know, once you get familiarized with it, it's actually fairly straightforward. But because a, a lot of these concepts and, and mechanisms will be a bit new, um, I, I think it will take some time before everyone's fully up to speed. But roughly speaking, you can... Um, you can imagine it as a layered governance system for the sake of simplicity, just for the beginning, let's focus on the main track. The main track will be fairly similar to what you would get from um, kind of like the gov module. So you have um, you know, a, a means of getting voting power in the gov module that's just like staking your native asset. In our case, that will be staking the native asset or its derivatives. Um, so you can also participate in governance and still get voting power. But basically, you know, that achieves the same thing. You put some assets in a voting, um, in a voting, like in a voting vault or in a, you know, you stake them, basically, you bond them in this case, um, and then you get voting power. And that allows you to vote on proposals. Uh, proposals are made, you know, in a very similar way to, to uh, like the XGov module and other Cosmos chains. And so when you see the proposal, you can read the description, the code that may be attached to it. Um, you can see who made the proposal um, for how long it will run. There are the same parameters. So, you know, who voted yes, no, and abstain. And um, if it reached quorum and how quorum is, is set is also displayed. And then you make up your mind, you vote yes, no, or abstain. And after a period of two weeks, you know, depending on, on whether or not these parameters were met, the proposal is either rejected or passed. And once it is, it's just executed. Um, it takes a different route to be executed, but you know the the end result is the same. There is some change made on the blockchain, and that's it. Now, what's interesting is that because of you know this flexible kernel architecture, we were able to push it a bit further. Um, to understand why that's interesting, um, let's first kind of like look at the problem. If you look at like Osmosis and other Cosmos platforms. Um, you see that there's a bunch of proposals going live all the time, right? Osmosis, for example, needs to set its incentives um, level and it needs to readjust them periodically. That means that there's a bunch of proposals to make all the time to kind of like adjust these parameters. What that does is that all of these changes all go through the same track. And that means that, you know, from the, the, the perspective of the ecosystem as a whole, there are, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of, of proposals to, to vote on every single week. Um, people only have limited amount of times. They have, in in most cases, like limited context on, like you know, not everyone is a well, absolutely no one is an expert of every blockchain and every aspect of these blockchains in the ecosystem. And so, instead of having, instead of requiring absolutely everyone to vote on every decision, we've um, you know relied on the great work done by the DAO folks on subDAOs 
to basically enable the main governance track of Neutron to be able to spin up smaller entities, sub-DAOs, that can be specialized to fulfill one mission with some degree of autonomy, but while still remaining accountable to the main DAO. So what that means is that, let's say, um, you know, the Neutron DAO decides to run an incentives program where it will be distributing some tokens to some DEXs and other DeFi protocols on the ecosystem, and it wants to fulfill specific targets um, on, in terms of like the liquidity that it reaches with these incentives and stuff. That's a fairly kind of like um, frequent use cases in, in, in governance. Now, we have two options. Either we do it through the main governance track, meaning that every time we want to make a change, that change will take roughly two weeks to come into effect. Everybody will need to vote, we'll need to reach quorum, otherwise we can't get a decision passed. Or in Neutron's case, we can spin up a, a sub-DAO. We can give it a specific budget. And that sub-DAO, um, you know, in, in the early stages, will mostly look like multi-SIGs. In the future, we may have, you know, entirely different tokens or voting mechanisms. It may be a, a liquid democrat democracy, like a delegation mechanism or other mechanisms. Um, so we have a lot of flexibility there. But let's, you know, for now, let's stick to multi-SIG styles. That multi-SIG DAO, will basically be able to make its own proposals that only the members of the sub-DAO uh, have to vote on. Um, and if they can reach majority within the sub-DAO, then that proposal will uh, be queued for execution. The problem of you know, approaching it this way, though, it would be that there is a chance that if we're unlucky and we chose the right people to be on that multi-sig, um, then at some point they go rogue and they just decide to give them um, to give themselves the money, right? To avoid such a, such, such a situation and to make sure that there is um, a possibility for the main governance track to keep these sub-DAOs accountable and prevent them from going rogue or acting in the, against the interest of the, of the network as a whole, we implemented um, a time lock and overrule mechanism, which is basically once a sub-DAO votes, you know, passes a proposal to do something, um, that proposal is time locked for three days, meaning that it doesn't come into effect until three days have passed. During those three days, a specific type of proposal goes up on the main DAO. It's called the overruled proposals. And it's basically um, a proposal that allows the main DAO to veto the execution of the, the, the sub DAO's proposal. So in essence, the multi-sigs can do any actions that they want. They can you know, work independently. But if they do something that the main DAO doesn't like or wants to discuss um, you know, fully with everyone voting on it, then the main DAO has three days to vote, like to veto that proposal. And it doesn't need to get like 25% participation or, or whatever. Um, just a few percent of the voting power are enough to veto that proposal and force it to be made not through the sub-DAO, but through the main governance track, meaning that any proposal that is you know, either malicious or that is at least contentious um, can therefore be forced into the main governance track where it, where it will be like scrutinized and discussed uh, openly by the entire stakeholder community. And so what I that gives us is... Yeah, go on. I was, was going to say, I think that's, that's a nice way to move swiftly especially for smaller proposals, rather than put everything up to a vote on chain, but also have some checks and balances in there so that, you know, other stakeholders can hold the, um, 
those on the multi-sig a little bit accountable. I think it's a nice, uh, it's a nice system. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, I would say is, is kind of quite complicated and I can understand like if people are sort of daunted by a lot, by a lot of what was just said. Um, and so, um, it's going to be important for us to sort of break this down and, and make sure that, you know, it's as, as simple as a, a process as possible uh, for people to follow. And, and I think what, what we find quite a lot is that there's so many sort of possibilities and permutations of what can be done. Um, from, from my experience sort of behind the scenes, there's always sort of a big vision and it gets boiled back down to, to like, you know, a, a more simpler implementation in the first instance to try and like, make it an easier onboarding process for, for users. And so I think in the first instance, you, you're not going to see like the absolute full potential of, of Neutron's governance system, but over time that will improve uh, as, as people sort of get more familiar with it uh, and, and we'll sort of start to explore like the full potential of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think in the, in the first instance, it's going to be important to sort of firstly, you know, make it as simple as possible for people and then, you know, really explain that as, as best we can. Um, oh, we've okay. we've uh, invited Ray Raspberry up, uh, who's someone we've been chatting to about governance stuff over the last couple of days. But um, we'll get to the questions in a minute, Ray. Just uh, just bear with us. Yeah, just to to wrap up on the governance thing, I think like for the the sake of of most simplicity, I think you can see it as um, there's governance, and then you can make multi sigs and keep these multi sigs in check by one seeing their entire history. So it's easy to see what they've been up to. And two, you can veto their actions if they're not working in the direction that the governance system intended. That, that's basically what it will look like in, in practice initially. Um, but yeah, the, the, potentials, um, the potential permutations, as, as Soy said, are um, pretty, pretty, pretty in interesting. And so will be manifested over time, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I would love to see how this works out. I think this is, a, I think this is at least a good um, structure for governance, where not every little thing needs to be put up to a vote, but also there's some oversight. Um, yeah, I mean, Ray, Ray, you could definitely jump in, and if anyone else wants the mic, feel free to request. And then, of course, we'll give them time to touch on anything that we may have missed before we wrap it up in about 15, 20 minutes or so. Yeah, I, I just had a quick question, quick comment too. Uh, this is so awesome because we've been working on this in a vacuum, like my own project that uh, I won't mention, but we've been talking to Soy about it. And this is the exact stuff we've been building for the last year. And we're, it sounds like we're like in the same track. So that's super cool. I think what you guys are doing is, is awesome. And to have a chain do it and to have that granular level of governance is, is awesome stuff. The one question I had, um, and this is not even like a poking holes at it. It's just curiosity. So if the larger DAO, right, the entire DAO for the chain or whatever you want to call it, the governance. Um, now you said the sub DAOs can be overridden with a vote. What if the DAO makes a mistake on a vote? Is there an override vote that can be executed against the, a, a general DAO vote while it's in a time lock? So the, the main governance track doesn't go through time lock because it's you know it's the admin of the zone so similarly like um on any cosmos chains right now the 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 main governance is um sovereign so it's it's kind of free to make its own mistakes so basically the the way to prevent mistakes there um like there's no other admin right the the the, the main governance track is the admin is the highest level of governance in the zone it's the token holder 
um, that that made these decisions. So you know we we could have made um, a, a security multisig or whatever that has admin power over the over the governance, but that that didn't seem right from a decentralization perspective. So yeah, the token holders have the last say. Um, yeah, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say that that I mean that's right. We didn't do a time lock in our situation for the same thing because it's the sovereign uh, kind of overarching thing. Uh, one thing we did, which it sounds, I'm not trying to take away from what you guys are doing. I'm just trying to support that. I think what you've done with the overrides is the right way to do stuff. Uh, we implemented a veto. So as if the proposal's in process, you can veto it. Is that possible with the override or do you have to wait for it to finish the voting or can you cut it off early if you realize there's something wrong with it? So for the subdial proposals, when they're um, during time lock, the proposal to overrule them um, have revoting disabled, meaning that as soon as they reach the threshold of veto votes that are required to overrule that proposal, that that overrule proposal triggers and cancels the execution of the other. So, so what you're saying is it's before it finishes voting, if you can hit the override to hit threshold, it will cancel an in-process proposal. Um, no, actually, it's it's the one more item on the life cycle of the proposal. So basically, you can imagine it as the multisig, somebody on the multisig makes a proposal. That proposal is then voted on by the member of the multisig style subDAO, and they say, okay, we uh, the majority of our multisig members um, agree to that proposal. It is then approved, right? It's passed from the perspective of the subDAO. But before it's sent to the core module, which will execute it, actually make the changes on the chain, um, it is locked for three days and it can't be executed before that delay is finished. But during the delay, there's a handler that can be called in order to cancel the proposal. And that handler is a, um, it can be called by a specific proposal that um, is the overrule proposal. And that proposal triggers as soon as it reaches the threshold. So if it reaches the threshold within the three days, it will cancel the subdial proposal in flight before it gets executed. If it doesn't reach the threshold after three days, the subdial proposal gets executed permissionlessly. Excellent. I, you answered all my follow-ups with that. It's perfect. Thank you. What what pro what protocol do you work with on Dao? Uh, we work on Y Foundry Dao um, on Terra. We're we're on the test. We're live on testnet right now, and we're just getting ready to launch as well. So we've been talking to Soy about it, and we've talked to Juno about launching there too. So we want to see if we can add any value to you guys as well, because it, I, we're doing the same thing, and I think. This is the this is the sore spot, like no more blank checks, right? For for activities on chain. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you want to bring this to to our testnet, you're, you'll be very welcome. Uh, let us know if you have any you know technical questions and stuff. We're very happy to provide support. I think you know Neutron is let's say very likely to have a lot of um, infrastructure and 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 primitives for um, for DAOs for treasuries specifically, and so. You know, you guys would be a, a, a like very welcome to join that ecosystem. That's awesome! Thanks so much. I hope we can learn from each other and build like a more robust system all the way across the board. So I'm really excited what you guys are doing. I'll I'll step down, but uh, thanks. Thanks uh, for the questions. Yeah, thanks for your questions, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Um, yeah, we were actually um, we're having some sort of um, well, various different 
discussions around governance just in general twitter spaces during the week and um yeah me and ray have been chatting and i did say i was going to introduce him to you so it's nice that you got to chat on the space uh but uh you you were actually uh having surgery without anesthetic in the last couple of days weren't you so um it didn't really feel like a great time to make the introduction but you've uh, you've made a miraculous recovery and um yeah we'll uh we'll probably put you in touch and, and chat over the next few days awesome okay <laughs> So we've got uh, D has come up to speak. D, yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, first off, super excited. What I'm what I'm hearing so far. I've been following Neutron literally since like the Twitter uh, profile was created on day one. Um, been following really closely. I think the sub DAO approach is 100. I'm sorry about that, D. I accidentally hit the mute oh, button. No worries. Uh, <laughs> what I didn't. How long was I speaking for? What's the last thing you heard? Like like five seconds. It's the, okay. Oh, no, you're good. Um, I was just saying, been following Neutron since day one. Um, super excited what I'm hearing overall over the past few months. Um, and I think from a sub-DAO perspective, there's so much lessons learned from older DeFi protocols like MakerDAO uh, for, uh, as like a prime example, uh, who was really just in governance gridlock. Obviously on Osmosis end, there's probably governance fatigue where there's too many things to be voted on. Uh, but the sub-DAO approach is kind of what MakerDAO is really going towards. And I think it's it's 100% the right approach for having, you know, the most knowledgeable people in certain aspects really deciding or voting on um, things related to the overall health of the chain. So super excited about seeing that launch uh, and overall Neutron launch as well. A uh, couple questions I do have, um, and my, I won't ask all of them all at once. But the first question is, what wallet will Neutron be, um, I guess, accessed through? Uh, from inception? Well, basically all of the, you know, typical Cosmos wallets, um, there's a bunch that already support it. I think Leap Wallet is working on the integration on their end. Um, XDeFi expressed interest in supporting from day one mainnet as well. Um, Kepler, Cosmos Station, well, the IBC wallet. Um, there's a few others that we're in talks with um, as well. So, you know, the, the, the experience should be fairly smooth for, for Cosmos veterans. Okay, great. And then um, another question I have is, you know, I think one of the great things or one of the things that uh, not just Neutron, I guess, but the entire Cosmos ecosystem to try to become this this liquidity hub like Ethereum and the Ethereum ecosystem. Um, and it's going to be very hard to kind of bring that liquidity over to Cosmos just because not everything's IBC compatible. And obviously there's a lot of network effects on the Ethereum side. But I think where you're starting to see um, things like Axelar and maybe some other general message bridges that are going to be able to do like native cross-chain swaps. Uh, and the reason why I asked that, that wallet question is because like right now on Cosmos Station Wallet, you can use Squid Router, which is like an application built on top of or leveraging Axelar's general messaging. Uh, and you're going to be able to do like pretty much EVM to EVM and soon EVM to IBC native cross-chain swaps and i think like that is a, a ux abstraction that i think improves the user experience it's gonna bring more potential liquidity to um at least axelar and, and squid router in particular like as an application and i'm curious like i guess because of icas and icqs neutron won't need to s s choose like a canonical bridge to evm but i was wondering like will you be able to do like native uh EVM to IBC cross-chain swaps, uh, leveraging like ICA and ICQs um, in, in the future. So th there's kind of like two parts here. 
Um, the, the first one is that in the short term, we'll have to rely on non-IBC bridges to, um, to connect to EVM because you know, the, like the gas, like the light plants for IPC hit the gas limits on um, on the EVM um, on most, if not all, EVM right. chains, and so it's currently not possible to run them without making you know improvements uh, in efficiency with like zk light plants and stuff. Um, so in in the short term, we'll have to rely on uh, other types of bridges like Axelar, Wormhole, uh, Gravity Bridge, and and others. Um, as you said, we don't necessarily like. Contrary to osmosis, we probably don't need to have a canonical bridge for like because we're um, we're a permissionless platform, so it doesn't really stick with the ethos of being permissionless to like choose um, a specific right. provider. Um, that being said, yeah, we're working with uh, Axelar. We're going to be connecting the testnet soon. Um, we announced, I think, back at Cosmoverse that like Squid was very interested in working with us. So. Um, you know, as soon as um, Axelar is is connected, they'll be facilitating these cross chain swaps all the way to Neutron um, and 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 back. So yeah, there's there's a bunch of other um, protocols from Ethereum that are actually looking to either either bring assets or deployments to Neutron, and like the early phases of this will most likely use Axelar um, or or another bridge, um, but probably Axelar because they're kind of like the the farthest along I think in in terms of like GMP. A general message passing, and um, and and kind of like their position in the in the ecosystem. Awesome. Okay. And then I think I really only have one more question. Is obviously P2P is really incubating Neutron. P2P has in, incredible network effects. Obviously, Lido being like the the main driver. Um, is does P2P plan on bringing any any like homegrown DApps specifically for Neutron? Um, obviously, you said Astroports could be coming on. Like, is PDP is P2P incubating any applications specifically uh, under their umbrella for Neutron? So, P2P currently isn't. Um, that being said, our team will most likely be so. Like, as we move into the launch of the network, um, the Neutron team at P2P will be spinning um, off into its own entities. Um, so that like the, the goal for this being that we want to become just a core team to the network. So we're we're trying to set up all the infrastructure so that the, the foundation can play with the governance system a kind of like coordination role so that other teams can become core teams um and, and we can be on the same kind of like equal footing um with them. And so our team uh, in the future is likely to be either uh, contributing intensively to technical development of a few applications and or building applications ourselves um, on top of, you know, contributing to the development of the network. Awesome. All right, I'm good. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. For sure. Nice. Thanks for coming on stage. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Thanks, I've definitely seen that that you've been around for quite a while. It's been great to see you on, on Twitter interacting and stuff. Uh, you usually have pretty good points as well. So. You know, always a pleasure. Appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Cool. No, I, and by the way, for people that are listening, I know like I, I go through like long periods of silence during these DeFi spaces, but I literally take notes. So I was wondering if uh, if I could check with Soy and I could check, you know, with you to make sure that I'm understanding everything 100%. If that's cool, if I could run it by you. For sure. Yeah. Recap. Do it. Yeah. All right. So the first thing I got from the very beginning was that replicated security is just one type of shared security, a shared security, right? And it involves using, it's called replicated because, and maybe I got this wrong, but I think it's because the entire validator set is used at the provider chain 
Is, is that right? Is that why it's called replicated security? The entire validator set and the entire stake of the platform. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I wasn't sure if it was one or the other. All right. But it's both. That, that's good to know. All right. The second thing I wrote down was that governance can be used to either offboard or graduate a consumer chain to a sovereign chain. Yeah, that's correct. So like replicated security is an agreement between two chains. These two chains remain um, sovereign, basically, um, albeit for the consumer chain to a slightly lesser extent, because, um, you know, it doesn't have control over the validator set that's done by by uh, the provider chain. But because these two are sovereign, technically, they can decide to exit the agreement if it doesn't work for them anymore. So for the Cosmos Hub, that could be, for example, if a consumer chain is basically dead or if it's, um, you know, behaving against the interest of the hub or whatever other reason for the consumer chain, that may be because it's tremendously successful and wants to um, graduate to its own blockchain, um, to, like to its own validator set or roll up or whatever other reason or because, um, you know, any any other type of reason, basically. So, yeah, it's it's an agreement and, you know, it's uh, it's it's always something that can be modified by future governance, basically. All right. That's good to know. I hadn't thought of it as an actual agreement before today, but it makes perfect sense, right? You're using the validators and um, it has to benefit both, both chains. Um, exactly. As far as the tokens go, consumer chains don't actually need a token, but Neutron will have one because there'll be governance, there'll be fees and, you know, other use cases for the token. That's the third thing that I wrote down. And then the, the last thing, that, and obviously there was more, but I just try to keep it to four points. There will be lots of governance, let's say, customizations, spe specifically for solving problems that other chains maybe are experiencing with this one-size-fits-all governance, which I don't think is bad either, but it, there, there, there's definitely improvements to be made. And the one that I see that solves an instant problem is that the voting power is determined not only by the state tokens, but also derivatives of other value that that a person might be holding on the uh, on the chain, like LP tokens, for example. That's correct. Yes. Um, just a small precision here, which is that um, voting power is always derived from the native token. And so if you have an LP token that contains some of these tokens, then you can get voting power. If you have two unrelated tokens into a liquidity pool, you won't be able to get voting power. That's very similar to superfluid staking, if you will, but it's a bit more flexible so that for example like deposits in a money market um like the collateral deposits in a, in a money market could be tokenized and used to get voting power um and you know and basically any sort of protocol you can think of you can probably make a, a voting vault to get voting power from your ntrn deposited into that that protocol cool no i think i think this was great i like um you know i i, I didn't really pay that much attention to interchange security just simply because I didn't want to be impatient. I was, you know, obviously this has been coming for months. And usually what I do is I kind of ignore it and I say, okay, it'll come when it comes and then I'll worry about it then, but it's coming now. So it's great that you guys were able to jump on and, and just give me the, uh, the rundown of what I need to know, what to expect from Neutron. So I definitely appreciate it. I think that's a very, um, very sane approach to a lot of these things. <laughs> I mean, we do have a lot to look at in Cosmos. We don't have to worry about what is coming eventually. And of course, I don't like um, the hard timelines, I don't think are realistic. I, I would rather the teams, you know, 
deliver when they can deliver. And I don't like to anticipate something six months ahead of time, you know? So yeah, it definitely keeps me sane. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what do you think? Did we, did we hit most of the basics for Neutron and give people enough insight as to what's coming? And this will be in Q1 or Q2, by the way. I didn't even ask that. Mm, the launch is soon. Um, we'll be soon. like, we're kind of like, yeah, the, um, so a, a few things. The launch timeline for a consumer chain includes um, going in like reverse order of time. So you have the launch just before that launch, you have a one week period during which the validators um, pick, like, can decide whether or not to actually pick up the chain that was voted on by governance. Um, if two thirds of the voting power starts running the chain during that period, then the zone launches. To have that period, you first need to have a proposal that passes on the hub's governance, which is, you know, takes two weeks. Um, and before you go on chain, the general accepted practice is to have the proposal on the forums for uh, at least a couple of weeks. So you have kind of like this, this let's say, five weeks um, roadmap to launch, right? Um, now, in the case of Neutron, the core modules, like all of the core development is uh, complete. We've actually run them on testnet multiple times. We've got them audited um, last year. We're undergoing a second audit right now for basically all of the core development as well as some of the custom governance work that we've done um, and uh, and some of the kind of like launch event preparations that, that we've made as well. So basically, when we start the, the vote for launching Neutron, mostly depends on the audits. We'd like, you know, we'd like to make sure that we ensure that we take all of the precautions for, for the zone to be secure. Um, before we launch it, it's kind of, I guess, our responsibility to build um, software that's as secure as, as we can make it. So the timeline for when exactly Neutron launches will heavily depend on when the final reports and bug fixes can be implemented. Um, but yeah, basically, most well, all of the all of the Neutron specific development is finished. We're still doing some um, development on the, you know, on the initial launch event side of things but these are mostly you know just small contracts that will be on the chain when it launches um so they're, they're more ancillary neutron is finished it's being audited and when we get that audit we'll be able to make the proposal on on the hub the um the other thing that we're waiting on right now is we're incorporating um a foundation as part of this you know this roadmap to um trying to set up the right infrastructure um both on the technical side, but also on the legal side for the network to, you know, be as decentralized as possible over time, um, while still being coordinated and, and coherent in the way that it's um, growing. And so we most likely will be waiting for the foundation to be live, and the foundation will be making the, the proposal to launch Neutron. Cool. So like next week, right? Um, normally, yes. Cool, cool. Now, this, like I said, I could be patient, but it, it, it does sound like it's coming soon and quarter one's almost over. That's the only reason why, why I asked. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think you guys did a great job answering everything that I wanted to know. And then the specific questions from the, uh, the audience members that came up, I think that they had some really good questions. So you think we hit everything? Yeah, it's a good little setup you've got going here. I like these shows, um, kind of hit all the key information quickly. The recap at the end is really good. Um, and yeah, it's always really helpful when you get some great questions coming out from the crowd as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you to everyone who asked questions and everyone who, who came to the to the space. It's been great. Cool, 
cool. I appreciate it. And Soy, I know you woke up really early. Definitely, uh, it's not always fun to do that. But I, I just wanted to let people know that are listening. Is next week I do have Kado coming on to talk about fiat on ramps and KYC, and then the following week I have Say coming on, and we're going to talk about um, tr- basically transaction speed and kind of how that's determined and what their kind of what their unique approach is to uh, transaction speed or order speed, I think they call it. So do have a bunch of these coming up. And like I said, I'm trying to do 40 in 2023 and uh, I'm 10% of the way there. So hopefully I get it. Killing it, mate. What, what time's that one going to be? Similar time to this one? Um, Yeah, I think next week is going to be an hour earlier for, for Kato. And then the following week, yeah, an hour earlier than now for the next two, most likely. I am trying to squeeze in one that's not on a Wednesday night or Thursday morning, and that's going to be with um, with Stride. Talk about liquid staking derivatives. Uh, they they had to they had to cancel because you know they're traveling to Denver and stuff. So I might be able to squeeze them in on a Sunday or something like that at a different time. But I'll uh, I'll um I'll talk with them and see. I know Wednesday night's not ideal, but it just happens to be ideal for me. You know that's just how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, cool. If if it's two AM, I I probably still make that. No, I'll know why. Uh, why Soy comes up with like bags under the eyes when he get when he comes to work. <laughs> it's twenty. It's twenty four seven industry. It's, you got to make these things, right? <laughs> it really is. It really is. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll be. Don't worry, I'll be up for. Uh, for I see Robbo in the crowd as well. I'll still be up for Rack FM in a few hours time. We'll uh, grab a coffee and get get on get on the uh, the space for that one as well. Um, so yeah, cheers, Joe. Really appreciate that. It was uh, it was great. No, thanks for co-hosting and uh, Neutron. This is a great space. Thanks everyone for joining and see you. See you all next time. Have a great midweek, hopefully midweek drink like I'm having. <laughs> thanks, folks. It was great. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was DeFi 101, episode four on interchange security and consumer chains with Neutron. Hosted by Cosmos Joe. Recorded on Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay. Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way. Resuscitating major players in the waiting room. Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools. Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom. Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom. Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news to let us know what we should believe as the latest truth. Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio. Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role. Sorting through support from your endorsements. Of course, we're tripping balls, handed reports in. The latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view. Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop. Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is gizzle. Kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch Dope shit, spitting facts with my vision smash Big drip 
aristocrats Dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom This fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know Where you hit the stash Watch your next step bro Before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells Tripping over landmines And I'm about done Dealing with these damn lies Man I'm looking at this planet Like a franchise Chastised into digging holes In the back nine The latest proof Ain't a way to move Change the view Just a bunch of peck heads Living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger Licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute Then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Two spaces.